everybody. Welcome to episode number 162 of the Defree Dad podcast. So if you're like everyone else, including all five of us on this show, sticking to your plan can be tough. And it's easy to fall off the wagon once in a while when you are getting out of debt. It's one of the reasons why we do this podcast, in fact. Today, we are going to be sharing some tips to help you limit falling off the financial wagon so you can reach your financial goals that much faster. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast with Brad Nelson. Brad and his co-hosts experience the anxiety of living paycheck to paycheck before learning the fundamentals of financial security. They are now on a mission to empower regular people to pay off their debt for good and enjoy happier, less stressful lives. Keep listening for inspirational interviews, tips, tricks, and practical advice to gain financial freedom. How is everyone doing today? You can find me on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson, uh, Defree Dad. And as always, welcome to today's show. Remember to get all the resources, show notes, and links for today's show. Uh, you guys can head over to balancesense.com forward slash 162. That's B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-C-E-N-T-S.com forward slash 162. Uh, so you guys, I know uh, I shared this message and I wanted to share this on the episode here today. Um, we have a, a Facebook messenger that we kind of go back and forth with all five of us as we communicate to keep this podcast going. And one of the messages that we got from one of our listeners, I wanted to give a huge shout out to Rhonda. Uh, Rhonda sent me this on our Instagram uh, account. And she says, I've been listening to every single podcast of yours. You all are beyond motivating. And she says this, guys, since August, we've paid off $23,803.01 of the $54,754.51 in debt that we had. We are trying to have all of our debt gone except for our mortgage. So, Rondo, we just wanted to start out the show. Um, Awesome, awesome job. That is uh, incredible. (laughs) That's awesome. And uh, I I think I speak for everyone here that uh, this is the reason why we do it. You know, it's uh, it's really just to help out and, and to share what's helped all of us. Uh, and to share that it is truly possible to live with less financial stress. And in fact, sometimes no financial stress. And uh, it's just awesome, Rhonda, that you're putting in that work. That is uh, that is amazing. So congratulations to you. So uh, guys, we're talking about falling off the wagon. Now, none of you guys have fallen off the wagon getting out of debt, right? I, I would assume <laughs> you guys have done it perfect from start yeah. to finish, right? 100%. 100%. <laughs> Define not falling off the wagon. <laughs> well, okay, let's say um, you committed to say no more credit cards, and you instead use your credit cards. Have you ever done that? Guilty. Well, if three strikes if three strikes is out, I struck out at least once or twice. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's normal. Yeah, it happens. So, so share a little bit. And I'll share mine, but I'm interested to know for the four of you guys, what caused you guys to fall off the wagon the most, do you think, during this process? I think for me initially, it was just overcomplicating things. And you overcomplicate things, it's hard to stick with it. You try to do too many things, too many Excel spreadsheets, too many records, too many receipts, and you just can't keep up with it. So for me initially, it was overcomplicating things. Uh, the next time I think it was just something in life happened. And when you don't have an emergency fund, guess what? You're going back to the old ways. 
And I'm sure we'll talk about this as it goes on. A big part of me learning how to not fall off the wagon was to learn what it took to fall off the wagon so I would know how to stay on the wagon, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like Chris said, I went back to my old habits once in a while because I used my emergency fund on things that weren't emergencies. And then I needed to rebuild the emergency fund. And if I was wanting something, needing something, it was kind of like, oh, we'll just swipe the credit card. It's just a little bit. But, you know, little bits, when you do that a lot, add up to a lot of bits. So can I ask real quick, like what time, what types of things would you buy with your emergency fund that weren't an emergency? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even remember now, probably, but probably clothes, going out to eat, things that clearly are not emergent, yeah. urgent. So, so typical things for sure. Mm-hmm. Overdraft fees, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Amber? Yeah, for, for, for well, for us when we when we finally decided to get started, we just I'm like a all in. Like it, when I'm ready, I'm ready and I just do it. But if I'm not ready, I will find every excuse in the book to not do the things. And before we decided to jump on the bandwagon and and get out of debt, we found every reason not to do, you know, not to pay the credit card or not to pay this or not to, you know, or or default on that. <laughs> Like we found every single excuse to do that. Now, now that we're out of debt, I fall off the wagon sometimes with my budget. I'm like, ah, it's easy to just go, well, you know, we don't have debt. So we could go ahead and just do that. Yeah. And it's kind of easy to do that once we get into where we're at now. So it never stops. That's the one thing like this, never, ever, this journey is never easy. Yeah. Well, I think when you get to this stage where you're out of debt, finally, Especially if you don't, and I think this is the importance of goal setting, you know, because if you don't have any set goals, it's easy to kind of go on autopilot and let drift set in pretty quick. Yep. You know, like it's so easy to just book a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking and of that, yeah, you're, you're leaving for one. Not so. having it planned. planned. <laughs> but, I mean, this, this particular one we have, we had planned, but it's very easy to go, oh, let's take a weekend away. Oh, we don't really have the money. Oh, let's just dip into this. Yeah. And we've done it. Yeah. And we, and you say all in and that, I think that for us, that was the, probably the biggest thing that always set us back is we would grow impatient. And so then it was like, you know, we're not going out to eat anymore. We're not going to do this. We're not going to go to the movies. We're not going to go on vacation. We're going to pay this debt off. And if we do it all, we'll have it done in 10 months. And like, you can like, for us getting that aggressive um, would last for a month or two. And then it'd be like, it's then it's like binge spending because you had you've been so restrictive. That's like <laughs> that's like dieting you know what I'm just gonna go buy a bunch of stuff right now because I'm and then then it would just then you'd almost like pile it right back on, but maybe even worse. So for us, yeah. it was like finding that balance, kind of like what Chris said, is understanding what was keeping us stuck. And for us, that's really what the driving factor was. And once we figured that out, it was like we took a more balanced approach. It took us longer to get out of debt, hundred percent, but we were able to stick to it. That was my problem. I would actually get so excited to pay off my debt that I would accidentally like pay my student loan twice. And it's like, oh, wait, I didn't have the money for that. And then <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, okay, we need to like ease off. People, people are listening money. to this and going like, what? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done it too. I've paid a bill twice and I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, oh no, that's not good. But just move some of but, those but you, around. But you know, Ryan, 
we did the same thing where we just, you know, gung-ho, gung-ho. And even then, you, you do your debt snowball, and it seems like, good gracious, I, I can't do this for years. Mm-hmm. And I think we fell off the wagon once just because of that. But I mentioned this a couple of podcast episodes ago. We eventually got to the point where we had a debt that had a set timeline that had to be paid off. And that's when I drew the line in the sand. And we had to be very gung-ho. And fortunately, my wife got a bunch of overtime that really kickstarted that process. And when you really get in the game, being gung-ho, every little dollar that I can save is going to go to this debt, then it can work. But it has to be the right mindset. And sometimes learning how to develop that right mindset is what it's going to take. Otherwise, you're going to fall off. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would I would say my, our biggest reason or my biggest reason, especially early on was just patience. It was like you said, Chris, looking at that long snowball list and being like, oh, now that you know the process is working and we see people in roots experience this, right? We, we have, we have people ask all the time. It's like, I, I'm having a hard time just being patient. Like I get that this is working, but I want it to work faster. Right. And sometimes yeah. while you're waiting, it, it's sometimes so easy to lose focus on that one thing. You get distracted by the shiny little object that causes you to fall off the wagon or you just, you know, you get impatient and you lose motivation and you, you know, you, you tend to binge on things that you shouldn't. Um, those were some of the big reasons. The other one for us, me especially is boredom. You know, it's just, I just get bored now. I don't have that problem nearly as much anymore because I run my own business. So I always have something to do. <laughs> like it's never <laughs> like I'm done. I'm, I'm, I don't, I can close the doors and just leave. Like there's always something to do when you own your own business. So uh, that's really fixed the boredom for me, and I think that's really helped cut down on a lot of our falling off the wagon, at least for me, um, because I have stuff to do all the time. It keeps me busy, and it stops me from focusing on shiny things over here and and you know doing that squirrel kind of where what am I going you know. Um, but Ryan, we we posted this in Facebook. Can you share uh, a couple of other people's maybe some comments? What were some other people from our groups that were saying that they fall off the wagon? What were some of their reasons? Yeah, uh, Amelia says FOMO. Right? Oh, I yeah. miss out on what my friends are doing. That is a good one, that, right? That's hard. We need to do a whole episode yeah. on that, how to overcome fear <laughs> of missing out, right? Yeah. Uh, I need to Patrice, write that down right uh, now. Uh, again, uh, Patrice, friends and social influence, you know, kind of the same thing. Um, April says depression, which I can understand. I mean, that uh, I've been there. Uh Robbie not saying no to random unplanned last minute things, you know, kind of that same social influence, you know, not being able to, to say no. Um, again, yeah. So I think a FOMO episode is needed. Yeah, Another friend definitely. asking to meet over dinner. Yeah. That, that uh, FOMO is real. Like yeah. I had, I had friends, you know, let's go for dinner. Let's do this. And they knew what we were doing. And when I yeah. said no, like three different times, she's like, Oh, that dead thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That dead thing. This one, I really, I mean, I love this, this from Sabrina and this is, I, I've been here. I still hear sometimes a bad day. The first thing I want to do is buy something to make myself feel better. Yeah. You know, Uh, I've been there where you just like, if I buy this, I'm going to be super happy. And then you buy it. And then a week or two later, you're not happy. You know, I was stuck there for a long time. Yeah. Um, uh, Krista not saying no to last minute events again. Um, not using tools and knowledge that they've learned, you know, so just not, not doing that. Um, some people are blaming their spouses, 
you know, of <laughs> <laughs> it's their fault. <laughs> well, I mean, I, we, we have like, think about Paul and I, like we were just like, yeah, let's try and eat healthy. We're trying to eat healthy there January, February. And, uh, I'm like, I really want some ice cream. He goes, no, 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 but I really do. And by the end of the night, we were both eating ice cream. So I was, I was a horrible influence on him. And the same could go for your dad when you're like, I really would like to go out for dinner today. Yep. Yeah, but it's not in the budget. It's easy to convince your significant other. Yeah. Especially yeah, when I there's... I can tell you how to overcome that uh, wanting to buy ice cream. No, yeah? <laughs> yeah I, can I can share with you maybe off record how you can get over that. It's called open your own ice cream shop. Yeah, and you'll never want it again, eh? Exactly. <laughs> Chris wants to do one on that. How do we get people to impulse purchase on ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing I want to mention too, what what I think causes a lot of us to fall off the wagon that we don't quite think about maybe is just how easy it is now to spend money. I mean, oh it is gosh. so easy. I mean, it's it is almost exhausting, especially when I mean, and I tell our I tell our roots members this. It's like you are about to feel not only mentally exhausted but physically exhausted because it is so easy to spend money. It's like eating. Like there's food everywhere. It, you know, it's no wonder why a lot of people have trouble with eating habits and eating healthy and, you know, not having these, you know, impulsive eating habits, things like that, because it's foods everywhere. I mean, it's at the airport, it's at the bus stop, it's at, it's at your kids' soccer games. I mean, it's everywhere. There's food everywhere. And, and the same thing comes when it comes to spending money, especially uh, I just did a TikTok on this uh, about uh, buy now, pay later programs. I mean, look at that. I mean, I, almost every retail outlet online you go on has buy now, pay later, you know, and, and if, if you don't have the full amount, well, it's just easy to spend 10 bucks today. It's 10 bucks, 10 bucks over the next couple of weeks. Fine. I'll just buy it. Right. And then you add in things like depression. I'm feeling depressed or I had a bad day. I mean, it's just, it is such a, the, the market has made it so easy to, to fall off the wagon. It's no wonder why so many people struggle with this. Yep. Well, I can tell you from per firsthand experience, because Brad, we've taught people this, we've coached people this, when you use plastic, you spend more. And I can tell you, wondering an ice cream shop now for the last few months, when you look at the statistics of cash versus debit versus uh, credit cards, it's exactly what we teach. Uh, firsthand knowledge, it's, it's interesting to see how much more people spend when they got that plastic in their hands. That's another way that it's, it's easy to spend. Yeah. Yeah. And now that's interesting for you because now you're in a retail setting. You're a retailer. So obviously mm -hmm. upselling and things like that is, is a great thing to add profit to your business. So you are, so what you're saying is you're seeing a, a true difference in people using plastic versus cash. Well, the, the average ticket price when you use cash is much lower than it is with plastic of any kind. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just, and, and maybe this is something you should do an episode on one day, is what does Visa, what does MasterCard say about the use of, of plastic? Yeah. What do they tell people like me, who's a merchant, you should be accepting Visa and MasterCard because people will spend more. Yeah. And so the point I'm trying to make is society makes it easy to spend, and there's one example. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think the, the, the running statistic that's typically out there is like 12 to 18% is what they say is the average increased ticket price. But they're actually saying that, and I don't know what the number is, but actually using your phone versus your credit card, you actually, they have shown that it's, you will spend more using your, your phone than you will using your actual credit card itself. So cashless or so cardless payment options, essentially. 
So if you have like Apple Pay on like your smartwatch or on your phone or like even if you do the tap with your credit card, I don't, I've never done that before. I don't know if you guys have, but if you do the tap with a credit card or a debit card. Oh, that's um, all I use. Do you? Well, look at you. Yeah, I love tap. <laughs> well, on a debit card. On a debit card, hopefully. But, well, I have a credit card, but yeah. She does. <laughs> um, I have one and I pay it off. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there, but I'm, you're, I'm not disciplined enough to do that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, haven't had one since 2005. I'm sorry, Brad. Go ahead. Yeah, no worries. But yeah, I mean, you you see, you know, again, I think it's just easy. So it, I guess the the point I'm trying to make to as we get to this first point of how do we prevent this from happening? How do you prevent from falling off the wagon? In my opinion, and you guys. You guys share yours. I just don't feel like you're ever going to be 100% perfect at this. You're going to fall off the wagon at some point. It's going to happen. I mean, I, I just I think it's just too easy in the world that we live in with everything that's going on to, to stick to the plan completely perfect, 100% from start to finish. It's just not going to happen. So uh, the key really is is not necessarily how to stop falling off the wagon. It's how do you get back on once you've fallen off, I think is the key question because that's the key to success is not giving up because just go into it knowing that you are going to fail because so many people won't get started because they're so worried about failing. They're so worried that they're just going to fail. Well, just go into it knowing you're going to fail and you just keep failing and failing and learning and learning and eventually you get to where you need to go. It's just a matter of being consistent and having the time to get there. Um, but I think, go ahead, go ahead, Katie. Oh, I was just going to say, I was just at like a leadership retreat and someone was kind of our, our guest speaker and they said so many people don't take the first step because they're afraid of the second step. Like what's the next step that they have to do? And it's like, yeah, I can definitely say that's a hundred percent me. I will be like, I could do this, but then I'm going to have to do this and this and this and this. And that's what I'm scared of is just moving in that direction. But you have to fail forward. Yeah. Yeah, no question. And I think, um, Chris, you kind of alluded to this a little bit. Is uh, You said you guys stopped falling off the wagon a lot more once you have more of a deep-rooted purpose. Once you kind of connected a, a reason or a why you were putting this work in, would you would you agree on that? Would you talk a little bit further on that? Uh, absolutely. I mean, understanding where it is you're going, why you want to get there, why it's important – and then allowing experience to help you get there. Um, think of it this way. <clears throat> Obviously, we have Google Maps and we've got GPS and phones that can help us get from here to somewhere in Florida, for example. But there was a day and age when you had to look at a map. Okay. And you're driving down the road and it's nighttime and all you can see in front of you is the first, what, 100 yards? <laughs> but you keep going. You don't you don't stop and go, well, I can't see past 100 yards from now, so I'm going to turn around and go home. You keep going, knowing that the next 100 yards or 200 yards is going to reveal itself, and eventually you get there. And that's sort of the way I, I think people should think about this, is you may not know what the second step is. You may not know what the third step is, but you're not going to figure it out until you take the first one. And sometimes, yes, you turn around and go back. You forgot something at home, and you got to go back and start over again. But that's not going to keep you from wanting to go to Florida on vacation. And so it's the same thing here. You got to know where it is you're going, a good reason why. And it's not, it can't just be, I'm tired of feeling this way. You know, we always like to use the term, you've got to be tired of being tired. It's got to be a really deep-rooted reason um, 
that's really what's going to help you stay motivated, having a plan, having goals, and just know that you're going to fall off, get back up, ask yourself, why did that happen? It's like a kid who we used to coach in wrestling, a first time wrestler. They would make more, do more bad things than they do the right things. And they'd be out on the mat and you would they'd start to do something dumb, like reach back and say, no, don't do that. Next thing you know, they're pinned. They come off the mat and you say, well, you, you did something you weren't supposed to. And it may take that kid three times, 50 times, 100 times. Who knows going out there on the mat before they really start to figure things out. And it took them doing the wrong things a lot of times to learn when they got out there to have that experience and what to do. I hope that made sense. No, it makes perfect sense. But here's here's why I think a lot of people struggle with that is that society teaches us that if you can't achieve it in 30, 60, or 90 days because we're all taught fast results, you know, you got to have fast results, fast results, you know, you're, you're kind of a failure at it too. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of get stuck with this. But you're absolutely right. I, thought, I love that example is that having the why or having the reason behind it, I think is, is what gets you back on the wagon that much faster is that you have that moment, have your pity party, and then you get back on it and you get started again. Um, and I think it all comes, comes down to is, is awareness really of how you, how can you limit how much you fall off the wagon is, is just awareness too. what, what gets you into trouble for, for all five of us, it's going to be different things. We all have our vices, things that tempt us, things that we like to enjoy, things that we know we probably spend too much money on. And, and for you listening to this, it's the same thing for you. There are things that you enjoy doing. Um, and you have to understand that it's okay to enjoy those things, but are those things keeping you from reaching your financial goals? Are they keeping you from an emergency fund? Are they keeping you from paying off extra debt? And if that's the case, then obviously we got to limit those things. But being aware of what makes you fall off the wagon, I think is uh, a big part of the plan. So for instance, maybe it's a, a lack of planning that keeps you stuck. For instance, you know, Ryan, you mentioned a lot of people saying FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, there's, there's not really much of a plan when, um, you know, all of a sudden somebody's like, Hey, I want to go out to eat. And we didn't really put in our, you know, our budget that we're going out to eat or where there's a concert coming up. And so sometimes it could be just a lack of planning. Maybe we need to put a little money aside for spontaneous type things that come up. Maybe it's in an envelope. Maybe it's in our savings, right? And that money's just there. So we don't have to feel like we're missing out. And then we can just use some of that money to go out and do the things that we want to do. Um, but it takes planning. And, and like you said, Chris, like the wrestler going out there, making those mistakes. The only way you learn how to fix that is to start doing this stuff, figuring out where you're screwing up and then what types of things that you can put in place to stop that from happening. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, helping stay on that, like what helped us stay on the wagon is we went through your program. We went through roots. We had the accountability of people around us. We had the accountability of you. We went on to meetups every Tuesday. Like there was always somebody there. So even, and we've seen it lots in, in roots where people are, I fell off the wagon, but I'm back. And there's so many people cheering them on saying, yeah, I'm glad you're back. Oh my gosh, it's fantastic. And that is what really keeps people on the wagon, but gets them back on when they do fall off. And I think that accountability is like huge and key. Like when a kid is learning to walk, they don't learn on the first step. Like they fall down a lot and you cheer them on to get them back up and they get excited to keep trying, even though they're falling down. So it's the exact same way. Like you need that encouragement sometimes when you're taking those faulty first steps. 
I think the other thing that really helped us out too uh, was getting in the habit of tracking, you know, really tracking progress. And I feel like a lot of people kind of miss the boat on how powerful tracking can be as far as what money you've saved, what money you've paid off, the progress that you've made since starting your journey. Because it's easy because it, it, it happens, you know, um, you know, like when I was getting out of debt, it took us about it took me about four or five years to get out of debt. And I say four or five because in between there I got divorced. So I had to take like almost a whole year off of doing this. Like I didn't have the funds to pay off any extra debt. It was mostly just treading water. Don't make my situation worse while I try to, you know, maneuver and move on to this next stage of my life. And it would be easy in that situation if I wasn't tracking or I didn't understand how far I would come. If I look back and say, this isn't even worth it. I'm not making any progress. So when you don't have any proof of progress, that you've been making progress with the stuff that you've been doing, it's easy to throw up the white flag and say, I give up. So I would recommend right now, you know, start tracking. What are, what are you doing this month? You know, what have you done this month? How much money have you saved? How much money have you paid off? This is one of the reasons if you're using our totally awesome debt freedom planner, this is why we put a lot of that stuff in there. It's, we don't put it in there because it's cute. We put it in there because it works and it will only keep motivating you to keep going because you're going to start seeing the results of the work that you're putting in. When I see my number, it still just blows my mind. Every single time I'm like, how have I paid off that amount of debt? Yeah, that's a, it's incredible. Which, by the way, you should share. What You just updated, and I just shared this. I also just shared I, this on TikTok. By the end, by the time this has posted this episode, I will have paid off over $100,000 and be completely done with my student loans forever i'm just like literally waiting i'm impatiently waiting for my bonus check to drop so it's like get rid of that any day now yeah that's incredible and mind you you've been doing this since uh 2018 july of 2018 yes so you're coming up on On five five years four and a half well four and a half years Mm -hmm. right now on your own um that's just incredible so uh, you got someone right here who, who has been walking this journey for four and a half years, understands totally what it means to to fall off the wagon. And look at where she is. Like, it's yep. proof. You just got to keep going. Yep. It works. It really, really works. I think tracking, too, when you're tracking your progress, I think you really need to um, measure and track your progress to your progress in your situation. I think a lot of people, like, you know, say you are the kind of person that goes and get buys coffee every week. I see this a lot with people. And so let's say for the month, you only went twice. I think people downplay what their progress really is a lot of times. Like, well, I, it's not as, it's not like some other people, but I only went to this place twice this month. That's amazing. And you should be proud of the progress you're making and that you're tracking. I think we, and again, just like FOMO, I think we can get into this, like, look at these big success stories, you know, where I paid off, you know, $100,000, I did it in six months. Well, that's just what that person was capable of doing. So don't don't track your progress according to what other people are doing. Make sure you're tracking it and su- being happy and successful with what you're tracking and compared to what you can do and what you can pay off. It took us longer to do it as well, um, but it's easy to look at other people and then feel like, oh, I'm not doing as good as this person. That's why I love that Roots... <laughs> celebrates the small wins and we don't call them small wins. They're all wins. No matter if you're putting $5 in your savings account, that's $5 more than you had before. So it's a win. Yep. And let me add one thing, if I may, about tracking. I mentioned this earlier. You can overcomplicate things. All right. 
try to find ways to keep things simple even while you're tracking. Because if you overcomplicate things, uh, it's going to make it easier to fall off the wagon. I'll tell you a quick story, Brad, about uh, some clients who contacted me for, for financial coaching. Turns out what they wanted was refereeing between the husband and wife on who was right. They, they were completely debt-free except for their house. They had emergency funds. They were invest. They were doing all the things you should be doing. The problem is she didn't want to stick with the budget. And do you know why, Brad, she didn't want to stick with the budget? Why? His spreadsheet had 80-something lines <laughs> in the monthly budget, <laughs> including his spending money, her spending money, kids number one spending money, kids number two spending money, his clothes, her clothes, kid number one's clothes, and so forth. And I just said, dude, she'll follow the budget, I bet you, if you get rid of half that stuff and combine a bunch of it. So the moral of the story is track, but be careful not to overdo it. Yeah, keep it simple. Love it. So the Totally Awesome Debt Freedom Planner is helping so many people make consistent progress with their finances, whether that be building emergency funds, paying down bills, budgeting, tracking paydays, saving up for larger purchases, goal planning, and planning for those irregular yearly expenses that always seem to catch you by surprise. Now, the Debt Freedom Planner will help you take the stress out of managing your money. And if the thought is running through your mind, hey, I just need to have a simple tool to get my finances together. This planner is perfect for you. Head over to therealdebtfreedad.com, click on the Debt Freedom Planner in the menu at the top of the page, and order your Debt Freedom Planner today. All right, that sound means it's time for the celebrations of the show. And first, we're going to kick it off with Shannon Dukes. No eating out this week and didn't have any unnecessary spending. Yeah, way to go, Shannon. Congratulations to you. Terry Campituro paid off first credit card, also paid $825 towards debt, only shopped the sales for groceries and the drugstore this week, and only used rewards to maximize my savings. Terry, awesome job. And Max Wilder, another... $500 into savings, bringing his emergency fund back up to guess this, $3,200. Did the Roots 15 every day and used the new session as a fresh start by starting the core content over again and doing the action items sheets. Yeah, that's awesome, Max. That Congratulations. Awesome, Max. And then Mary Southard opened a new account with the bank. They offered $100 to open it and a higher interest rate. So they are moving the emergency fund over. Yeah, I love that, Mary. Congratulations. Good for you. Uh, Jen Raybar paid for an upcoming cruise vacation with cash. Yeah, heck yeah, Jen. Congratulations. <laughs> no better way to take a vacation than pay with cash. Love that. Congratulations. Great wins, everybody. And good for you to all of you who are putting in the work and getting out of debt. Congratulations. Hey, if you're just getting started with our podcast, or maybe you've been listening for some time and you're interested in how you can get started on the road to financial freedom, uh, go visit our website at balancedsense.com and sign up for my free Life Without Payments workshop, where I'm actually going to personally show you the first steps that have helped tens of thousands of people just like you and I kick financial stress and worry for good. 
Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at Brad Nelson Debt-Free Dad. If you found value in today's episode, please leave a rating and review. We so appreciate it. For resources, show notes, and links mentioned in today's show, visit balancedsense.com. That's balancedsense, C-E-N-T-S, dot com. Catch you next week.